welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Right, welcome to Eagle Nation. Uh, it's only Warren and Dan via Zoom this week as Wayne's got other commitments. How are you going, Dan? Yeah, yeah, not too bad considering. Uh, yeah, what can we say? It's three in a row. Uh, and that means three in a row losses, not three in a row wins. Uh, we'd rather it be wins, but no, we. Uh, it's been a long time since. I can't remember the last time we had three losses in a row. Can you? Yeah, 2018, and surprisingly enough, one of them was the Kangaroos back then as well. Was that three in a row then, was it? Yeah, I believe it was uh, Sydney, maybe Adelaide, and then Swans, I believe, something like that. Oh, Jesus Christ. It could be history repeating itself. That might be a good thing. Grand final yeah, at the end of it. No, that's, where, <laughs> yeah, that's where people are overreacting a little bit. It's not good to, like, have any loss, but three in a row is not, not a great thing, but... Back like the sky's falling down. Don't get me wrong. I don't think we're going to win the premiership this year, obviously. We're lucky to make the eight. But we've had three losses before. You know what I mean? And it hasn't been like the sky falling. It hasn't been end of era or anything like that. So it's remarkable some of our supporters' reactions to what we're pretty much showing just very poor form. Oh, yeah. Look, um, some of the reactions like Saximo, uh, got no game plan, the usual stuff. Uh, drop Nick Nat Nui, uh, drop Jack Darling. Uh, that's all I've been seeing. And I'm sitting there going, do you guys actually uh, watch football? Do you know a bit about football? If you drop Nick Nat Nui, we'd probably be bottom of the ladder. He's probably been the yeah. shining light for the year. He's got to play more games on, but we've talked about that. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing, uh, some of the re- remarks. Um, you know, sack Simo, he just signed a two-year extension. They're not going to sack him. So why say it, you know? Um, maybe move some assistance around. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, do, I do think we have to look at assistance. But we'll touch on that quickly because I'm with you 100%. It's like we've played finals, what, six years in a row under Simpson. We've yep. um, made two grand finals in that time. We've won a premiership in that time. He's got the best win-loss record of any Eagles coach in our history. Yep. And right now, which I think we touched on last week, he sits second in the entire comp for win-loss ratio in the entire AFL. Yeah. So it's if remarkable because if, if, if we are at the point now where we need to rebuild, well, wouldn't he be the man to do it? This get rid of him. It's like, well, why? His track record is amazing. We're in such bad form now, but we're in the eight still. So even that's remarkable with the injuries we've had. I just and the game plan thing, it's like, right, yeah, we might need to think of that because it doesn't hold up in the wet. It's been three wet, windy days, and we've just looked at the shell of our side, which I put more down to form than anything, but it just it shows we don't play well in the wet. But that's something you need to really develop in the off season. You know what I mean? You can't just flick a switch and say the way we've been trained and taught to play footy, let's just not play that way anymore. So no, yeah. it'd be great yeah. to see what we do over an off-season and then come back next year and see what we implement then. Well, that, that, the game in question against the Roos, which we just lost, all the key indicators say that we should have won the game, and we should have. Um, end of the day, we didn't because the scoreboard uh, pressure was the one that we didn't put the pressure on. We uh, usually the... I think we're the highest for efficiency going inside 
50, but with a, we go in there the least of any team, but that's how accurate, accurate we've been over the year. But today, uh, I mean, on Monday, we were kicking like the Dockers. Um, you know, two goals, seven or two goals, eight, whatever it was. You know, if you turn that around, eight goals, two, uh, the game's done and dusted at half time. Um, the funny thing is, it's I'll just quickly, it was even worse than that. It was three goals, 10 at half time. And I agree, if that was reversed, it's game over by half time. But, yeah, yeah, that's. And that and that's it. That's the ball game. So and people are sitting there going, Oh, yeah, well he didn't make this and he didn't do that. Yeah, well he did he didn't chuck around people. Like I'd love to see look, darling, look, let's talk about some of the players. Darling, he hasn't kicked a goal in the last, one goal in the last four weeks. Chuck him in the guts. Do something that's gonna create a little bit of difference that makes the other coach think about something. You know what I mean? Maybe that's probably my only downfall on Simo. He's very predictable with his player positioning. And when Nick went off the ground, Goldstein had a field day with um, Oscar Allen. And that's not nothing to go against Oscar Allen because he's not a ruckman. And he's gone up one of the best ruckmans in the modern era. So, you know... Like you said, you can't go changing the game plan fully halfway through a season. You can make little tweaks. Um, at the end of the day, we've got to give respect to North Melbourne. Their pressure was elite in the second half, and they never gave in. Uh, Eagles kicked that four goals in seven minutes, but we went back to slow ball movement, and North Melbourne capitalised on it. So we've got to give them respect, um, but if the players – if people want to blame anyone, they should be blaming the players, not the coach, in my opinion, because they said they were going to stand up and they stood up for bits of the game, but they didn't do it on the whole of a game. What are your thoughts? Well, I agree 100%. It is the players, and I find we're in a very hard position right now because it is the senior players that aren't performing and I feel like you can't get wrapped up in too much social media because you know everyone's got an opinion on social media whether it's wrong or right so every individual to decide but you hear things like they'll blame Kelly because he's the new recruit and he's on you know it was a we had to trade to get him you always pay overpaid the trade you know you hear Natanui because he has done he has got efficient deficiencies so you see him get target sheet who I rate and I find his disposal efficiency lets him down, which did this game as well. So he's yeah. a scapegoat. But that's not the problem. You mentioned Darling. He's kicked, I believe, two goals in the last five weeks. That's not good enough. And so he's a senior player. Luke Shuey, 18 disposals as a mid. And then Elliot Yo, 17 disposals as a mid. That's not enough, especially the two in the engine room. You can't have your two elite ball movers having 18 disposals and 17 disposals. They expect to win the game. And, and it's hard because we're talking about our favourite players here yeah. and our senior players. So people are trying to use the old whipping goats. It used to be Maston back in the day, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, instead of looking at the true issues, which that is, and it's horrible because I, I sit here and I don't know what to do. I Personally, I don't think you can drop a darling. I don't think you can drop a Shuey, and I don't think you can drop a Yo, but that's their output's not enough. Like you'll see a flash of brilliance from them and you, it, you think, oh, they're having a great game, but the numbers just aren't holding up. When you've got ball movers in uh, Ruse on the weekend getting 38 and impacting the scoreboard, and then you've got your elite midfielders getting 17 touches, that's just not it. Um, and the only one I can see being rest, and that's because he's a bit sore, 
got injured and came off the last quarter but came back on, is maybe you, you rest a yo and bring in a West or an O'Neill, you rest a player or Hutchings even, you know. Maybe we do have to just, if players are sore, we'll rest them and bring in someone else just to change things up a bit. Uh, well, I agree totally on all that. And you said yo and you said we they only get 17 possessions, 18 possessions, and they're only playing 70% game time. So that, to me, is a bit of a – that doesn't help you as well, especially when Nick's only playing 70 to 80%. Nick Natanui, to me, was the best in ground, 36 hit-outs, racking up 11 clearances. He had 20 possessions, 17 of those were contested, and people were calling him for to be dropped. I just can't understand it, especially if they're not watching the game because he's in and under the packs. They said he had his efficiency was down. It's because he was the one in and under trying to get the ball out, doing a job that, say, a Redden who we missed usually does. Um, you know, Darling, I'd just love to see him play somewhere else. If he's not getting the ball, play him somewhere else. Um, change it around. McGovern's not in form. He's still injured. Um, they made a big thing about Yoey having a go at um, McGovern, but that should be happening every game. That should be... That shouldn't be just an isolated thing. That should be happening with every game. Keeping everyone honest, making sure you're on your man, making sure you're in the right spots. And if that's not happening, I'd be a bit worried. And I didn't mind all that. I'm a bit um, worried when our small forwards are just continually not doing enough. Um, and you know who I'm talking about, Petrocelli, Cripps, Liam Ryan. They're just they're they're not in the game enough, and their impacts not not what it should be. And Langdon, I, I love him. He, he tried his heart out in that game, but I said on social media, he's, he's kicking at goals. He, he's wasting like a minute of a game lining up a goal that he's never going to reach. So, you know, know your distances, um, you know, and people are knowing that. Everyone knows that ball is going to drop. Half the crowd that I was knowing there was going, he's not going to make it, and he didn't. Um, those little things are easy to change, and it all comes down to having a bit of more... I don't know, hunger for the ball. And the, the uh, smaller players aren't doing it for us. Yeah, and I'll just quick touch on two. And, uh, I agree with the Darling thing, first of all, because we'll, we'll get off Darling because we've mentioned him a bit. But mm. I agree, that's why I said, and it was a bit tongue-in-cheek, but I would actually love to see it. Instead of Oscar Allen, you push the Darling in the mid, uh, in the ruck um, just because then not so much for his impact in the ruck because he rucks forward as well. But yeah. around the ground and effectively giving you another midfielder, you know, a big-bodied midfielder. So I would love to see that move. Um, with the small forwards, yeah, and mentioning Liam Ryan, it just – and you rattled off a lot of plays, and it's like Liam Ryan just hasn't been the same since he's come back from injury. No. Hasn't, so he's not informed. Shuey hasn't been his best since he's come back from injury. Um Yo, but Yo was expected. His type of injury and how long he was out the game, that was highly expected that he would take time, but he's clearly not his best. Then you've got Gov, who's, again, missed a lot of footy, not his best. Kelly, who I actually, I had him above Nick Nash, probably best on ground for me. Yeah, I had him in um, three. With that goal, yeah. He, he's still not the really like he was the first half of the season from missing a month from the injury. And another one's Duggan. He's been serviceable, but he hasn't been... Uh, well, we'll put it this way, his best game was against Collingwood just before he got injured, wasn't it? And yeah. he was elite there, had his best game ever as he went back half back. But we're not getting that right now because he's another one that's missed so much game time. So I feel these players miss so much game time 
and they're not the kind of players you can really drop because you, if we're to go anywhere or win games, you need them to get back in form. And I don't think dropping such high A-grade calibers into the waffle is going to fix the problem. No, it's um, but it, it, it is a very hard situation to be because you do sit back and you think, well, they're not in form and we do have informed players in the waffle right now, but you can't drop a captain in shoe. You know, I said, if Yo is sore, because, you know, he obviously did go off in the last one, that's, that's different. He's one you could actually rest. But yeah. other than that, Gov, I think Gov is building. Um, Gov's just got to... McGovern, and I, I said this at the start of the year, and because of the way other teams are playing, he's just got to adapt his game. And I just don't think he's got around to fully doing that yet. He's still caught. You know, the intercept's still there, but he's he's given too much distance. And maybe, I don't know if that's his fitness level or, or the communication down the back isn't what it was last year. Um, but like I said, these guys are big name players, and it only takes one game to get there. And Simo said it the word confidence. If they go into Adelaide and they do everything that they're supposed to do and win that game, their confidence is back up. Then people start forgetting what happened against the Roos. People start forgetting what happened against Sydney. Um, and they, you know, but losses when they're compounded all in a row, people jump on, uh, especially players that they've got, I don't know, biases against. And you know, it's the same players getting bought out each each week that people jump on. Um, like I said, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. And, you know, one win can change it all around. But in saying that, against Adelaide, it's a game they have to win. So they're going to have to – the players said they're going to stand up. They need to stand up again. And they really need to start playing for the jumper. And they really need to start playing for the coach. And um, that means – running back, being accountable. And I saw, I was at the ground on the Monday night. It was wet. It was cold. And there was too many times where North Mountain ran off half back and our players just watched them. And those players know who they are. You probably don't see them as much on TV, but they know who they are. And, you know, when they get goals out of it, that's when they, they need to really look at themselves in the mirror so let's give it a shot, guys, because we're better than this, because our team is better than this. I just want to run something by you, uh, Dan. JK's in the top 10 for goal kicking. JD's in the top 20. And Oscar's just after JD. Who's our next leading goal kicker, do you know? Our next is so it JK, uh, Darling, and Oscar. Who's the next in line? Is it Waterman? No. It's Crips. It's Crips. It's Crips. Then it's um, Liam Ryan. And then it's Waterman. So those three underneath start need to start kicking some goals as well. You know what I mean? Waterman, unluckily, wasn't in the team, so he's got an excuse. But Crips and Liam Ryan, um, I think Crips got one. It was a cheap one. They're late. But, um, you know, they, they need to do something more because – our forward line is where our strength is and we're just not using it. Um, and we're not getting it in there enough. And funny thing is, all year we haven't got it in there enough, but on the game against Ruse, we got it in there, what was it, 54 times to 45. So we had it in there more and still lost the game. So there's a problem up forward, well, I think. 
like no excuses and our last three weeks has been deplorable but I do feel like it's a game we lost um as we touched on 10 uh, three goals 10 in that first half yeah three 10 um, and three goals and too. all indicators that first half you looked at the stats everything was just Eagles way like every stat possessions marks contested tackles inside 50 scoring shots just everything was all Eagles but we just didn't convert. Well, we had, we had. I feel like Ruse, yeah, the Ruse did to us what we do to other teams. Yeah. They didn't get the ball in as much, but they were just more efficient. Efficient, yeah. When they did. And that's exactly what they did. And it's very sombering being on the other end of that, isn't it? Um, 11 marks in their yeah. forward 50 or in the corridor. Eagles had 10 marks all on the flanks. There's a big difference. Um, at halftime, Eagles had 34 inside 50s to 12, and that difference was eight points. So, like I said, that, that's where the scoreboard pressure comes into it. Um, kick them, you win the game, you, you miss them, you let the other team in, and that's what happens to us. Um, like I said, yeah, um, North Melbourne had some players that played the best games of the year. Stevenson had 38 possession. Jai Simpkin, he was on fire. Taron Thomas should have been done for a week for staging a little tap in the stomach. Um, <laughs> I couldn't believe that, but he played really good and so did Aaron Hall. Um, what did you think about, did you see the uh, little uh, Jamie Cripps and Taron Thomas interaction? Yeah, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, sometimes a soft tap to the stomach gets you in the right spot unexpected and maybe knock the wind out of him. But that was pathetic. But there was just so much of that that game. Yeah, yeah we're buying into the niggle. But it, there were so many occasions where they would engage us. Uh, Liam Ryan, too, had the turnover against Langdon. I felt that was the same. The guy's gone up, started pushing and shoving Liam Ryan. He's pushed him back. And then the umpires pinned Liam Ryan. And it was, yeah. like, very soft. And you're like, why? Like, they're pushing each other. He's obviously gone... Liam Ryan first, and then you've plucked that out. And I think it was called high because, like, one of the shoves was kind of slightly on the neck. But they weren't big blows. They weren't punches. They weren't anything like that. Um, and they just succumbed to the niggle, and they were dropping. They were sucking the umpires in, so to speak. And um, oh, they, they did a brilliant job of sucking the umpires in, and the yeah. Eagles got sucked in by remonstrating with the umpires. But the crowd uh, – I, I never, like – I don't think umpires win or lose a game for a team, but that was one of the worst umpiring games I've ever seen this year. It was shocking. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what. This wasn't that's consistent. where the inaccuracy early. Yeah, but that's when the inaccuracy hurt us early. Yeah. Because it would have got the crowd up and about if we converted. You know what I mean? They would have been a bit more. But because we didn't get that breakaway, everyone was on edge. You know, so the crowd wasn't as vocal. But funny enough, we won the first quarter, we won the second quarter, and we won the last quarter. The thing is, we lost the third, and we just didn't get momentum, and we lost it so badly that we end up losing the game. And speaking of umpires, you know, it's like momentum was that so far ruse side we didn't wrestle it back, and they were suckering the umpires so much. It was 10 free kicks and a 50-metre penalty to Kangaroos to two free kicks to the Eagles for that quarter. That just shows how one-sided that entire quarter was. Like, everything about the quarter, umpires, bouncing the ball, everything was just all ruse side because Eagles just couldn't get it back. And we were just – not only were the umpires getting sucked in by the Kangaroos, we as Eagles – like, the Eagles players were getting sucked into it too, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, 
they just got to do better than that. They got to learn how to wrestle momentum back. Well, it's uh, we we play Adelaide in Adelaide. Um... Well, on Sunday Sunday afternoon, so it's a bit of a short turnaround. Um, look, they like we said, they need to win um, because if they don't, the the knives will come out more. <laughs> Unfortunately, every time you have a loss, the all the weirdos come out. Um, and I, I'll say that nicely, um, but some people just got no idea on um, watching a game of football. Um, I'm not saying I have a perfect view of it, but, um, you know, I'm not going to go there and crucify somebody because we're losing. Um, the Waffle Boys, so, look, let's quickly talk about the Waffle because it's going to be a shorter show. We're doing this by Zoom, guys. Um, but the Waffle um, Eagles, I've got the score here. They went down by two points and they were winning with about two minutes to go. And uh, Swans were lucky they got a free kick, uh, a mark, and they – they capped off with with a goal in the last couple of minutes of the game, but the Eagles were pretty good. And the last three weeks in the Waffle, bar the scrimmage in, against Fremantle, have been really, really good. But um, my question to you there is Hutchings with three goals and 30 disposals, is he a Waffle player only now? And is the Eagles – does he get another shot in the Eagles? Because his form for the last six weeks has warranted it. He he, he's not a waffle player, as in he's good enough to be an AFL player. But I think the Eagles have realised they've gone past him, and it sounds very horrible to say. But who would you drop? You know, if they bring someone in, I reckon it will would be an O'Neill who's the future. It would be a West who's the future, who both had brilliant games alongside Hutchings. Um, and I think that's what the they'll go for. Because off the top of my head, I think this year, at the end of this year, they will make a few hard decisions on a few of the older boys and some that young that are the fringe players like Hutchings. And it's horrible to say, but I wouldn't surprise you if there's five or six delistings at the end of this year. Um, I have five down. And he might be on that block. He might be on the chopping yeah. block. You don't know. Yeah, look, um, I'd love to see him just back in for one more game. Um, maybe if we're out of finals contingents, that might happen. But at the same time, I thought if he was in the team, it might lift a few of their older players to, you know, do something different. But Connor West, um, 33 disposals. It's only his fourth game, and he's been the leading disposal winner, I think, in all four. Um, he, he's playing good. So I'd love to see him. He's a board magnet. I'd, We've read now. I'd love to see him in there. Um, you said O'Neill. O'Neill, they sort of played more high half forward, and he went into the guts every now and then. And he played a pretty good game, one goal and 24 disposals. So, like you said, they're the two that are probably on the, the verge of coming in if they bring somebody in. Brando, unfortunately, is uh, got a back-related injury, so he's out for a couple of weeks. Waterman... Didn't do any uh, chances, any, uh, any harm. He got three goals. Two of them were late in the game, but he still got three goals. Um, and Foley, another a good game from him, 22 disposals. So, look, they're the players that could come in. I don't think we'll see many changes at all, just away on Simo's body language and what he said during the last couple of days in the media. So... What, what do you use, Dan? Do you reckon one or two of them come in or just one? Um, 
would rest Joe. I honestly would rest Joe and bring in another mid. Um, we talked about the small mids. I don't think they should be safe because of it. But as I said, uh, there's the whipping boys and the consequence. But our problem is our A graders right now. They're not performing to the level they should be or we expect them to. Um, a lot of that is to do with injuries they're recovering from. Um, so that's where it's very hard to cull the list, so to speak, and bring in these players. Um, but, yeah, I reckon Yo Oshiotis Pubis, if he's a little bit sore, I'd say rest him. Yeah. His numbers dropped quite low this game. Um, and it, But he does have flashes of brilliance, Yo. What he does is great. I do love what he gives the side. Then bring a West in and a nil. But you touched on two... Last AFL game, he played in the forward line for the Eagles. O'Neill did. Yeah. And they're trying to push him a lot more half forward, up the forward line a bit more at the waffle. So I think they're trying to work that. So it's like, we're right. Give him a chance over Cripps. Give him a chance over Petrucelli. Um, Langdon's trying, but and he's got a lot of endeavour, but he's not actually a very goal kicker. He hasn't got a big kick on him. He hasn't got the most accurate kick on him. So as a small forward, you've got to be very accurate and have those tricks and be able to connect well um i'd like to see so i personally I, i'm not one for mass changes i reckon you've got to back his a grades in and just hope we fix flip the switch and i think that's why a lot of our supporters are getting frustrated because they're just waiting for us to flip that switch you yeah. know what i mean because the talent is there it is there um so personally i just i would only like a couple changes we've been four or five changes almost every week lately and it's just it's too much so i don't no consistency, so yeah. you, you need to start building that. Yeah. You just touch on Langdon with his goal kicking. I'd love to see Langdon. He's got a tank, so put him in the midfield and let him run all day and just link everyone okay. up all the time because his field kicking is pretty good. And like you said, he, he, he runs all day. So use him to his strengths. Goal kicking isn't his strength. And, um, yeah, I, you can chuck him in the guts and you could free somebody up like O'Neill up up forward, but I don't think you could have O'Neill, Langdon and Cripps in the same team. I just think that it's too much the same player, but I could be wrong, but I, I wouldn't be doing it just in team balance. Uh, I'll look, tell you what, I heard, a, I heard a question and I would like to get your opinion and I thought it was very interesting. Uh, Petra Sally's got pace and with our game style, we seem to be lacking to get it out there because I don't mind kicking back and sideways game, but what we've done in the past is we've always got that loose play. Then we, we hit the trigger and we go, or we carve in the middle from that once we open them up. So the thing I heard was Petrosali, put him in the half back line, get him to use that pace. The only downfall is he's not the best kick, but yeah, use a half line so he can run and break the lines. So when yeah. we are going sideways and we get that out, we've got a play that can then run it out because Right now, we're looking stagnant when we're doing that, where we never did yeah. before. We always had that player. So what do you think of that? Petrosali moved the half back. Yeah, I like it. Uh, it, it. It breaks the lines, and that's what he needs to be doing. And if they're not going to put him at half back, play him as a defensive winger. So he breaks the lines and, and links us up. And um, he got the ball quite a lot on the wing on the Monday night, but he was in second gear. So I'd like to see him just... Up the pace. Um, yeah, but it's a good idea, Dan. Um, hey, let's just hope Simo hears this or he's got some of his own views and he starts switching it around because that's all we need to do is switch a few things around and who knows, not be so predictable. Um, you know, 
um, we've got a few stats that I'm going to go on. Just, oh, no, I'll leave them for next week. But um, we there's a few stats. All we need to do is just change them to, into the uh, positives and we'll start winning games again. Um, we're going to end the show now because it's uh, with Zoom, you only can do a certain amount unless you pay for it. And I don't have that much money. <laughs> so, uh, Dan. Not until the sponsors kick in, was it? Not yeah. until the sponsors kick in. I'm waiting for some more sponsors. I had a few people um, ask me if they, you know, if to sponsor the show. So we're looking at that. So if you want to sponsor our show, just get in touch with us via Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, Dan, will the Eagles win against the Crows this Sunday? You know, I'm refusing the tip anymore. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> refusing. Oh, mate, because I made that comment earlier, and I'm in the same boat as our supporters where I'm just waiting for us to flip that switch. The talent is there, but, you know, I'm waiting for a yo or a shooey to get the mid-20s to low-30 disposals and break the lines again. You know, I'm waiting for that. But I don't know how to tip them because it's a switch on or off. It's anyone's guess right now. Well, last week before the uh, Rees game, I had Adelaide down for the win, but I've changed it to the Eagles because I just can't see us losing four in a row, and I think it's time they will stand up and it's time to hunt, and let's hope they do it. All right. All right, mate, thanks for joining us. Um, Next week, uh, hopefully Wayne's back on board um, and we'll bring you the longer show, the longer format show. Hopefully we're talking a good win in the waffle for the Eagles and in the AFL and hopefully we're back above Fremantle because that's what's hurting me at the moment. I'm getting too much crap. um, (laughs) Extra salt in the wounds. Yeah, that's what makes it harder. So uh, join us next week. Um, uh, Get us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you get the shows on a million different podcast platforms now. So until next week, guys, go Eagles.